Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. It is the season of asking people what they want for Christmas. We're at the time where we're trying to gather from our family what do you want for Christmas, right? Could you give me a list of things that you want? Now, there are two people that cause us great problems with that, okay? Two types of people. The, the person who's great, they give you a list of things. They work really hard. They come up with some things that they want. They divide this list into different categories so that they give, you know, this group of people these few things, this group these few things. Like, you know, they they really work it and they do a good job. They know the question's coming. But there are two people that give us problems. One is the person who, for some strange reason, thinks your budget for them is way more than it really is. You know what I'm talking about? You've got a $50 budget for their gift, and they ask you for a $200 gift. You're sitting there going, what are we doing here, right? That's one person. But the worst is the person who looks at you and goes, I don't know. I don't know what I want, right? I don't know what I want. I have it. I don't know. And you're sitting there trying to figure out what to get this person for Christmas, and you want to get something good, but you have no clue what to get them for Christmas. I'll just take anything. It's not true. They don't want just anything, right? Like you can see it on their face when they open it up and go, oh, nice, you know, thank you so much. Merry Christmas, right? You want, you want to make an impact. You want to get them something awesome. You want to get them something they like. But, you know, there are some people, they're just hard to buy for. I'm not, I'm not hard to buy for. I, you know, it's not hard. What, you know, just, you know, you can go buy a book. You can go buy, you know, whatever. Give me some food, you know, whatever, you know, it's not that hard. But I will give you a list. Like, I'll say, I, you know, here's what I want, here's what I like. But we have some of those kids. Now, the ones who've given us a list, oh, it's awesome, right? You've already been on Amazon. You've already knocked out half your list. This stuff is shipped. It's on, your, it's on its way. How many of you have knocked out a bunch already? Go ahead. Let me see. Thank you, right? We don't even go to the store anymore, right? We just, you know... Sit a basket of chocolates out on the front porch for the delivery people and say thank you so much for bringing Christmas to our house and you just, you know, ship it in, you know, bring it to me. But what do you want? Well, now that's a Christmas thing. Sometimes the question gets a little more serious. It's not about what kind of goal you want for a ball game. It's not what kind of gift you want for Christmas. Recently, my... My daughter and her new husband, this is so exciting. This is great news, y'all. They're moving to Birmingham. Yay. It's so much closer. We're so excited. You know, they're moving to Birmingham. We already have two kids live there, so it's like uh, so much closer. And uh, they're moving to Birmingham. So he already got a, a position there. She was interviewing. She goes and she's interviewing. And here's a different kind of question. What kind of job? do you want that's an interesting question. what kind of job are you looking for i got moving to a new city what kind of job do i want like it matters where it is 
matters what it is. It matters uh, how much you get paid. It matters, there's a lot of factors in that. What do you want? What are you looking for? That's a lot more serious question than what do you want for Christmas. And we could keep going with some seriousness of some questions of what do you really want. Well, I have a very serious question to ask you today. We're starting a new series from the book of Luke. And and part of what happens in the book of Luke is you read, you're going to read a lot about, of course, about Jesus. And as you read about Jesus and you start thinking about your life and what it means and who God is and all that, the question I want to ask you is, what kind of God are you looking for? What kind of Savior do you want? A lot of people get hung up on this question right here. They want the kind of Savior, the kind of God, who will do certain things, and if He won't do those things, they don't want Him at all. And it's part of what sets the ground for this scenario, for this, uh, for this situation, this setting. You'll find this story in Luke chapter 4. Jesus is at the very beginning of his ministry and he gets led into the desert to be tempted sounds like an interesting scenario right where he's pulled away to spend time with God he's out there to just focus on God but really the decision that is being made in this in this uh, story is what kind of savior will Jesus be what kind of savior will he be So it says in verses 1 and 2 that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan where he was baptized and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. So, wow, that's pretty intense if day after day you're tempted by the devil. And the devil's temptations are, what kind of Savior will you be? The world wants a different Savior than the kind you're going to offer them. And the first thing he tries to tempt him to do is be a social justice savior. Let me read to you what he says to him. In verses 3 and 4, the devil said to him, If you're the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And he said, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone. He says, turn this into food. Feed the people. Now we know Jesus was capable of that, right? We read later on there are stories where he feeds 5,000 people. There's another story where he feeds 4,000 people. And and, uh, where he can just take something and create and make food. Like, that would be amazing. And there are a lot of people that what they get caught up with with God is they think, well, if God was God and God was good, then what he would do is he would solve all of our social issues. He would solve all of these problems that we have in the world. You know, climate change, gender identity, gender equality, racism, sexual harassment, media bias, crime, poverty, education, health care reform, homelessness, human trafficking, the opioid crisis, the mental health crisis. He would solve all of these kinds of problems. He would eliminate sin and problems. Why do we have to have problems? If God were God and God were good, He would eliminate problems. And sometimes that's the kind of Savior we want. That's what we're looking for. We're sitting here going, if God were God, you'll talk to somebody, He'll say this to you, right? If God were God, if there was a God, 
and he was good, then why are there problems? Why is there sin? Why are these things? Why doesn't he solve? Why don't the wars end? Why doesn't hunger end? Why doesn't he solve all these things? Now, the truth is, not only are we wanting that kind of global God, but many of us, that's exactly the kind of personal God that we're looking for. I want someone to solve all my problems, solve all my issues, make things smooth. These are what most of my prayers are. Lord, fix this problem. Right? Lord, here's this situation. Can you correct it? Can you fix it? Can you make it better? Can you solve my dilemma? Wouldn't it be great if there were peace on earth? Wouldn't it be great if there were peace in my life and there weren't all these issues and I didn't have to deal with that kind of pain or suffering or problem or any kind of thing like that? Lord, that's what I want. And so it throws us for a loop that there is war, that there is hunger, and in my own life there are problems. What kind of Savior do you want? Do we just want a Savior that will solve all our problems? Jesus answered Satan and said, man does not just live on bread. He said, listen, even if I fed everybody and everybody's belly was full, it wouldn't solve all the problems. There are bigger problems than that. And so when we sing at Christmas time, let there be peace on earth, and, you know, and let it begin with me, when we sing that, we're kind of singing this thing. We're thinking about, oh, there's no war. There's no war. But when the Lord promises peace on earth, is he talking about no war? Or is he talking about some other kind of peace that happens life? All right, there's another kind of Savior he tempts him to, towards, and that's the political leader Savior. And you know, why is George Jetson on the screen? Let me explain, okay? Here's the scripture, verse 5. We'll continue to read. The devil led him up to a high place. And showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So, what may be the kind of Savior I want is one that makes everything just and everything right. It's not about things like hunger and sickness and, you know, things like that. It's, it's things like abortion and Second Amendment rights and government mandates and illegal immigration and congressional gridlock and voter fraud and untrustworthy government and unemployment and taxation and economic instability. It's all these things. And what I want is a political leader who will fix all those things. Justice prevails. Wrong is eliminated. Now, there's only way, one way to, to, to eliminate wrong, and that is to eliminate your ability to choose. No free will. You don't choose. There are rules, and all the rules are clear, and they are clearly enforced. We want justice. We want a God who will stand up and make everything exactly right. Now everything runs smoothly. When I was reading this, 
I thought about the Jetsons when I was growing up, and I thought about uh, riding in the cars, and I thought, man, we're just getting closer and closer to all these things that used to be on the Jetsons, you know, how they'd had, they had FaceTime back then, you know, in the 70s. We're watching FaceTime on the thing, and, you know, some of that stuff I really i am looking for. I want the thing where you just get on a, you know, you just wake up in the morning, you stand on this thing, it's a conveyor belt, it goes through, it cleans you, fixes your hair for you, dresses you, and then you just go out. Wouldn't that be awesome and just go through a, that'd be great, you know. But, so they would all get on the freeway in the air, right? And everything would, everything would go at the same speed. Every car is just going at the same speed. And they're all lined up together. And, and I can sense that coming. Can you sense it where that's what they're aiming for? We, we're just going to get all these electric cars, right? And we're going to all put them on the freeway. And we're going to control that they all go the same speed. And when you just get on the freeway, they just move like in nothing. There's no, there's no slowdowns and stuff. Isn't that interesting when you see a slowdown and you're thinking, what happened? And you get up there and nothing happened. It's just one car slowed down and it made that accordion effect and everybody slowed down. And then it just kind of, that little thing happens all the way through. It just kind of squishes everything and then it finally spreads back out. And isn't that so frustrating? Don't you have this feeling when you're riding down the freeway? Tell me if this is not true. This shows you how, how terrible people we are. You're driving down the freeway. We're going to Birmingham the other day. And we're driving up the freeway. And we look over. And the other side is stopped dead still. And don't you just feel like. We're. You know. We're making good choices in life. We're, we're doing the right thing right. Life is good to us. We're blessed, right? And, uh, but you know, it's that thing of just making everything smooth. Everything's going to be smooth. There's just going to be rules. And everybody's going to follow all the rules. And the rule book just gets thicker and thicker and thicker. This is literally what the Pharisees were aiming for in the day of Jesus. We'll just have all the rules and will enforce all the rules and everybody will then be in line there's a problem with that it's because you have a heart (laughs) you have a mind of your own you have a soul and it doesn't matter what rules we establish in our hearts we're sitting there going i don't like this rule right that rule's not for me you know, uh, I, these senior adults, if you ever go to one of the senior adult luncheons, they're amazing. They've figured life out. Here's a life hack for you, senior adults. Here's what they do. They'll have like a, a layout of food and everything, and they'll say the prayer, and they all go to the dessert table and get their dessert and bring it to their table and then go in line and get their food. Brilliant. Just brilliant, you know. Just use that at your next Thanksgiving. Just go ahead and get the dessert you want, right? Make sure you got it. And then go get the food, you know, uh, thing. You know, if everything was just lined up smoothly, and I just wish that there were rules for everything. I want a leader who will fix all those kind of problems. 
and all the pay is fair and all the jobs are fair and everything's laid out fair and all the grading is fair and all those things are just. And if God were God and God were good, that's what he would do. And everything would be fair. Now we think we want that. We really do. We think we want that. The only problem is, what we fail to understand is that if God were really fair and he were really just, then he would look at us and judge us for our sin and we would all be found guilty of breaking the rules. No one is just, no one is righteous, not a one of them. So he offers him a a third thing. Jesus says, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to worship God. And he says, let me offer you a different one. Why don't you be a spectacular Savior? It says in verse 9, the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He said, if you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. He says, I want you to do everything we already talked about, but I want you to do it with flair. You know, I need inspiration. I need motivation. I want to feel moved. I need spectacular convincing. When we meet with God, we think if God were God, God would do spectacular things. You know, that's how it would work. You know, I would go to church and I would... I would always leave church, always. If I came to worship service, I would walk out the door and almost tears in my eyes and always feeling like, oh my goodness, that was just the best, that was just the greatest, that was just so awesome. And sometimes that's what we want out of life. We want to always be moved. And the truth is, we wonder why we're so empty all the time. We're so empty all the time because nothing can measure up to all that. Because every meal's not the greatest. Every gathering's not the greatest, right? You gather with your family and you gather this week and you're hoping maybe like it'd be this thing and everybody would walk up to you and they would go like, Dad, you were the best dad. You were the best dad in the whole world and I'm so thankful for you. Just want to tell you, that didn't happen. Didn't happen for me. You know, don't know if it happened for you, whatever, but you know, you know, you just kind of think like what's going to go down, you know? I'm just going to tell you the turkey was a little dry. No offense to the ones who cooked it, but, you know. Like, but we want a God who comes up and says, like, oh, no, let me miraculously step in and do something magnificent. What we want in a God is a God who will eliminate all death and disease. And so somebody comes to me and says, I want to believe in God. I, I'd like to believe in that, but how can I believe in God that let my grandmother die? Oh, I live in a world where everybody I know dies. Everybody. But we want a God who will heal people instantly and destroy enemies and raise the dead and do those things. When you're reading in Luke chapter 4, when he comes from the wilderness, he goes back to his hometown. He goes to Capernaum. Now, he, he was born in Nazareth, but he grew up and, and his base of operations was in a place called Capernaum in Galilee, in the same region. And he goes in and he's teaching in the synagogue. And they said to him, do here in your hometown what we've heard that you did in Capernaum. It says, 
we want you to do this here. Do what we heard you did. In other words, they wanted the show. They wanted the show, and he wouldn't give it to them. He said, I'm just going to teach you from God's Word. Well, we don't want teaching. We want a show. We want something to be dramatic. We want something to move us, and we've got to feel it. And if we don't feel it, and we're, we're moving in a society more and more and more to where, like, even in church and stuff, like, it's like, Everything's got to be more and more dramatic, right? We got to we got to make sure we got all the decorations and the lights and the and uh, the music and you know we we probably need to crank up this smoke machine over here. We got one; it's right over there. We use it for youth stuff, but you know, just crank it up. You know, we got to get stuff going. You know, and it's just got to be whatever, so that when you leave, you leave going, "Oh my gosh, oh, it's in church today." And Jesus sits there and goes, no, I'm just going to teach you from Scripture. I'm not going to do that. Like, if you need that, like, that's what they kept doing. He fed the 5,000. They said, do some more. Feed some more. He was like, that's not what I'm here for. It's not what I'm here for. And so many people are missing out on who God really wants to be in their life because he's not doing what they want God to do. We struggle with that all over the place. Your parents aren't doing what you want them to do. Your children aren't doing what you want them to do. Your spouse isn't doing what you want them to do. Your boss isn't doing what you want him to do or her to do. Like, you're, you're going through life and you just want all these people to do what you want them to do so that your life will be good. Why isn't it that way? And it's really frustrating. Really frustrating. And what we actually get... It's not a spectacular Savior, not a social justice Savior, not a political leader Savior. What we get is a demanding Savior. A demanding Savior. A Savior who looks at us and says, Do you want to be with me? Do you really want to be with me? What if I don't solve All of those outside problems. What if I don't fix all the rules and enforce and make people follow them? What if I don't show up in some spectacular way? What if it's none of that stuff? What if it's just you or with me? We're We're just together and we're in this relationship. Because if you want to be with me, I really have one demand. And it's not follow all the rules. It's not what it is. It's not be spectacular. Here's what he says in Luke 9, 23. We've been in chapter 4. Let me skip to verse, chapter 9 where he says this really well-known, famous verse of Scripture. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. He said, I just want you to deny yourself. And follow me. Put aside all those things. That's really hard. It's really hard. Because we want things to turn out a certain way. We want things to work out a certain way. We want our relationships and the things that go down 
to go down a certain way. We'd like them to be resolved easily and good and smooth. And now, I don't know about you, but that's just not the way it goes. You show up on Monday and it's just not smooth. In fact, I, I always think all of our jobs are solving problems. That's what our jobs are. That's what your job is. Your job is to solve a problem. If there weren't any problems in your job, you wouldn't have a job. We have to have a person there to fix these set of things, to make these decisions and these calls, and that's your job. So you show up, and then there's all these problems, and you have to solve them. And it's frustrating. Then you go home, and guess what? There's all these people, and they cause problems. Right? There's just all these things. And then there's all this stuff, and all of it breaks. All of it breaks, and every bit of it has to be repaired and fixed and maintained, and all of that is frustrating. And there's no end to all of that. And so we want and we want and we want, and what Jesus says is, if you really want to be with me, if you believe in me, and you see me for who I am, the Son of God, the one who came to give his life for you, the one who loves you, the one who came to forgive you, to pay the price for your sin so that you could be made right with God. If you see me as that, then all you need to do is put aside your desire and just follow me. Go with me. We do that all the time in, in scenarios, but it just depends, you know. You know how it is sometimes, like, my wife will say, like, well, what do, what do you want to eat? What do you want for dinner tonight? Like, what do you, we, man, it was great. Last night, we just ate like kings. We had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, you know, we just, uh, we were talking, we just decided, you know, we just, we'll have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So she just said, do you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I said, look, fine, I'm good with you. Whatever you want, right? Whatever you want to do, let's just do it. Like, sometimes that's what I say. But sometimes, you don't want just what they want, you want what you want, right? That's the way life is. I don't want just what they want, I want what I want. What time are we going to leave? Huh. That one's, that one's a hard one, okay? I'm just going to tell you, we very rarely leave when I want to leave. Things very rarely start when I want them to start, right? That's very difficult for me, right? We have all these things, and like, this is what I want. And God, but see, when you're in a relationship with another person, what you end up doing with that other person is there's some give and take, right? You, you begin to understand that, like, you know, it's just not as easy as like, oh, today I don't care. I'll just do whatever you want to do. We'll leave whenever you want to leave. We'll eat whatever you want to eat. We'll do whatever you want to do. I'm good. You're very rarely in that mood, maybe, you know? And sometimes you're in those situations where like, well, this is what I prefer. This is what I'd like. This is what I want. And then it doesn't go your way. So this is a relationship with Jesus Christ. The great thing about Jesus Christ is he is perfect. Unlike your spouse or your kids or whoever. He is perfect. And he always has your best interest at heart. He always wants what's great for you. What will lead you in the best way, on the best path that is the best for you. He always wants that and he always loves you. 
and he wants to forgive you. He wants to be with you. And he says, so if you will trust me, what I really need you to do is say in this moment what I want, I'm going to put it aside and I'm going to say, I'm with you. Like whatever you want. I'm good with, I, I want to go with you. And that may, that may mean that the problems aren't all solved. The rules aren't all applied. The thing is messy. But even if it's messy, I just want to be with you. See, that's really what love is. What love really is, is it doesn't matter. I just want to be with you. When you really love another person, that's what it's like. Well, even if it's made, as long as we're together, we're whatever, that's all I want. Well, that's the way it is with God. So here's my challenge to you today. Like, instead of saying, God, why aren't you doing what I want you to do? Maybe what we need to say today is like, Lord, I want to be with you wherever you are doing whatever you're doing. And I'm about to walk into, you know, to me, this is like one of the messiest seasons of the year. It's one of the most difficult seasons of the year because we have all the mess of life around us. You're financially challenged, you're trying to buy all these gifts and all these kind of things, and your relationship challenged because there's all these extra events you've got to go to, your calendar's challenged, you know, and then you've got all these people in your life that you're trying to connect with and do all these things with, and it's a very challenging time of life. And the time changes, and it gets darker earlier, and like we just get in all this, and we get, boy, the funk of life just gets upon us and it's supposed to be the most joyful time of the year and we're trying to like oh it's so whatever because the tree's up but the tree's up because you had to put it up you know and so in the midst of all this can we say lord i I know i wish everything was perfect but the truth is nothing is perfect certainly not me So I want to put myself aside and I I trust you and I want to follow you. I want to deny myself and I do want to be with you. And I want to follow you. I trust you, Lord. Just help me. I want the peace. And I believe in you so much that all these other things don't have to be squared away for me to have that peace. I can have the peace in the midst of the imperfection because you're perfect. That's what I want to pray for you today. So let's bow together. Dear Lord, as we reach out to you this morning, as the perfect one in the midst of our imperfection, we pray that we might trust you. In the midst of all we're dealing with today, that we might trust you. Everything's not like we want it to be. But you're exactly who we want you to be. So Lord, we believe in you. We lean on you. We follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.